Hey everyone, thank you so much for moving on to the second podcast. I really appreciate it. In this episode, we're going to be talking primarily, um, well, I guess we'll be continuing on from where we left off, which is talking more so about what trauma really is and how to understand it a little bit better. Um, so yeah, so that's our main topic for today. We kind of talked about it briefly at the very end of the last podcast. If you remember, um, I talked about the distinctions between trauma, toxic stress, child childhood adversity and ACE scores and why they were all different and why that was important to understand. Um, So today, or not today I guess, for this episode, (laughs) we're going to be looking a little bit more in depth with trauma in of itself. Um, So the plan is I will be talking about or sharing with you three different authors' perspectives um, or three different doctors, I, sh- I guess, but not necessarily authors, so though many of them have authored many reports. Um, so I will lead probably with um, Michelle Tobin, who is with the Australian um, Council for Educational Research. Um, I really enjoyed her uh, document that she, I guess not document, her publication that she authored, um, and I will actually be referencing this a lot more, I believe, in episode seven. Um, so she's going to come back to us. So I'll start off with Tobin. Um, and then I'm going to move on to Dr. Roten. Dr. Roten is a CEO of the Arizona Trauma Institute. Um, I had the pleasure of training um, with him. I guess not with him. He led the training and I got to meet him in person. Um, and it was a very, very in-depth and intense training, but I very much enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Um, he definitely questioned the mainstream concept of trauma. He made me question and think harder, and that was um, really great. I really appreciated that. Then after Dr. Roten, I'm going to finish with Dr. Vanderkolk. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to meet him in person. If I could, that would be awesome. That's a goal of mine. However, I have taken some of his online trainings, um, and so far it's been really great. I loved learning from him um, as he's one of the leading founders and researchers in the field of trauma. Um, so he's just going to add a little bit more a little bit more to things. We won't focus on him a lot in this episode. Um, and then his information will also kind of lead us into what we'll talk about in the third episode. So yeah, that's what you guys can expect for this episode and let's get started. Okay guys, I am not going to lie. I have been trying to record this particular segment for a while now, so we're just going to roll with it. This is going to be our last take and here we go. We're going to make it natural. It's going to be fluid. It's going to be great. <laughs> so like I said before, we're going to start off with Tobin. And I actually messed up in the first part, so I apologize about that. It is not Michelle Tobin. Her name is Molly Tobin. So my apologies. It is Molly Tobin. Um, got the rest of it right, so that's good. Um, just to reiterate, she actually authored a whole issue of a specific journal, which is super cool. Um, the issue title was Childhood Trauma, Developmental Pathways, and Implications for the Classroom. Um, and that's exactly why I'll be using this um, in Episode 7 as well. Um, like I said before, the Australian Council for Educational Research is the um, publisher or producer of this. So that's super cool. Good to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, I decided to start with her primarily because she gives a really good, basic, solid working definition of trauma. It'll be easy for us to reference back to, and it just kind of sets the stage for everything. So to start off, what is childhood trauma? Usually childhood trauma um, is characterized by two principles or two criteria. So the first one is the actual experience. So what was it? What's the type of the experience and how long did it last? So that's the first principle. The second one is the child's reaction 
to the exposure of trauma. And again, this is really, really important. This goes back to what we talked about in the beginning. Just because you're exposed to a traumatic event or in an adverse situation does not necessarily mean that that reaction to it will be terrible or harmful or maladaptive. So again, this, that's why the second principle of this is the child's reaction to the trauma exposure. Um, yeah, that was kind of it. <laughs> Just that. So moving on. Um, now I'm going to talk about two different types of trauma, and you guys may have heard um, of these before. There's two different types. There's what's called simple trauma, and then there's complex trauma. And this is important to understand because, again, this may have an influence on the types of reactions um, a child may have, or if it's related to certain behaviors, um, whether what type of trauma it is will have an effect on it. So... I'm going to stop blabbering. (laughs) Simple trauma. Simple trauma is a singular, discrete, um, life-threatening or life-altering event for a child. So that can be like a car accident, an illness, a death, a flood, stuff like that. That is one singular event, very traumatic, understandable. Complex trauma, however, is what it says in the title, is complex. Um, This is repeated or ongoing threats. Um, of actual violence or, yeah, ongoing threats of violence or actual violence going on between um, the child and someone else. So, for example, bullying, um, emotional, sexual, physical abuse, maltreatment or neglect, witnessing domestic violence, stuff like that. So that is a constant or that is um, ongoing, it's more circumstantial, it's more of an environmental thing, it's not one act, one thing, and it's done and over with. Um, so that to characterize complex trauma. Um, it's also important, two important things to understand with complex trauma as well. Um, this trauma disrupts secure attachment between the child and one of their caregivers, um, which again has potential, potential um, is that keyword, for severe consequences for the child. It's not guaranteed, but there's more potential for it. Um, and the complex trauma can also occur if a parent dies. So that is a pretty significant event for the child. It is not going to, even though it is one event, it's not going to be a simple trauma. That's going to be complex trauma, which is fairly understandable. Kind of piggybacking off of then what Tobin was talking about, Dr. Roten goes into, um, not goes into, uh, can add to our definition and our view of what trauma is. Um, he basically says that trauma has been viewed as an event when really we should be looking at it as a bodily response, um, which the response is the key part and also bodily and, and you'll see why in the following episodes, but, um, both Tobin and then our last episode with Dr. Bartlett and Ms. Sachs, um, can, we're piggybacking off of that, right? So it's about the response to an event, um, or to a circumstance or situation, so that's good that he's following that. But one of the key things I also want to talk about with him is this is a direct quote actually from a packet he gave me. And he says, people with histories of trauma, toxic stress, and adversity are not generally dealing with the consequences of acuity alone, but a history of complexity. Instead, they are dealing with the consequences of having multiple systems affecting each other, creating changes in body, behavior, social, emotional, and spiritual aspects of life. Additionally, he goes on to say that trauma is the body's reaction to sympathetic system dominance that has occurred continuously or repeatedly, repeatedly creating changes in the central nervous system. 
So all of this is really great information. I really, really like how he has stated it. There is a bunch of causal language in it, so we will kind of ignore that fact or, again, take it with a grain of salt. But what he's trying to get at, what I, why I like it, is he's focusing on how each part of the body does on its own and then how they all interact with each other. And that is the whole response is trauma. So trauma is not just a label, right, like PTSD or they may have bad behavior or trauma may manifest itself in a cognitive delay or a social delay. What he's saying is that trauma has the ability to possibly manifest itself in all areas of the body and it will all interplay with each other and all ha- all go off of each other. Um, again, hesitant on the causal language, but there's, there's a, many, many studies to show these correlations and these links. So trauma is not just linked to one certain thing and it cannot be viewed as one thing. Dr. Roten really emphasizes how it is a whole systematic thing it is um, the whole person, the whole body, um, and if we don't look at that, that's where we're going to miss out on our interventions, and that's where, that's why we're missing the point. Um, so that goes into this the second part of his little spiel, or the second part I want to get to off of him, which is what's um, which is which different lens to use. So he states that right now we're viewing trauma through what's called a pathogenic lens. This is where we focus on acute behaviors, symptoms, or the symptomology, as well as we're assuming that it's localized or centered. So we're assuming that trauma is just kind of this one central thing to one part of the body. We're looking at very, very specific symptoms or just simple behaviors, right? Um, and also viewing as a few events, not the whole environment of a child that has possibly led to this. He suggests instead we should be using what's called a salutogenic lens, which is where we view, um, we have this viewpoint that there's multiple systematic functioning going on, and we're again, we're looking at the whole body. So that's basically it. I'm going to stop right there before I babble on um, too much. There's just a lot of great information I got from him, so I would love to just transfer all my knowledge into you guys, but that's not what this is for. So let's just stop right there and just know that again. Trauma is, hol- is a very holistic thing. It has the ability to be manifested in multiple parts of the body in multiple different ways, and it's important we view it as that. Otherwise, we're, we have the potential to miss out um, on a lot of key clues as well as um, proper interventions. Lastly, to wrap things up, I'm going to briefly talk about Dr. Vanderkolk. Um, he shared a quote with us or us as in the online training group I was a part of, um, I think from a man named Piagenet. I could be wrong on that, so don't quote me. But it was back in 1889, which I think is crazy that trauma or adversity, well, trauma, toxic stress, and adversities were already kind of being looked at. It was kind of becoming a thing. People were starting to take notice and kind of starting to question it, look into it more. But that was back then. And it's crazy to me that it is now 2020, right? Which is 140 years, no, let's see, 130? Just over 130 years later? Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> um, And it's ju- it seems to me that it's just now getting into the mainstream. It's just now getting into common practice, which I think is crazy. And it's really unfortunate to me. I think, what, yeah, yeah, I'm a little biased. I think it's this is really important stuff. Um, 
but I just think it's 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 surprising that it's not more common knowledge. So that's why, well, this is a little tangent. I'm really excited that I'm able to bring this to you guys. I thought that that's one of the reasons why I thought it was really important to do this. But anyway, this quote from this guy back from 1889 says, it relates trauma to the to this idea that it is an illness of not feeling fully alive in the present. And I really like that because it's basically insinuating that we're st- like people who have trauma are kind of stuck in the past. So there, that's one reason why I like it, because that's fairly accurate based off of the descriptions I've heard and read about. But I also really like it because it's kind of focusing... The, the connotation to it is not negative, so to say. It's not focusing all the, on all the bad things that could be related to trauma. It's not focusing on all the symptoms or all of the disorders you could be labeled with or all of the problems. It's just saying, hey, like, you're not where you... Sh- you're not to your full potential right now. Like, you are not living your very best life, and that's a problem. We need to look at it. Um, which I kind of like. I like that standpoint a little better. He also talks about and really emphasizes in his training, in most of his talks, actually, that trauma is response for the entire organism, which, again, is, simpler, is similar to what Dr. Roten told us. Um, trauma is overwhelming, and because it is so overwhelming and it is so consuming, it becomes ident- it becomes an identity for people. So again, this is not just one thing. This isn't just one behavior. This isn't just maybe they're not doing great in school. This has potential. Say that very cautiously. This has potential to become a full identity for people. And that's very problematic because people are not their trauma. People are not what has happened to them. That's not correct. And it's unfortunate that people... It has come to that. People have accepted that and they view it as that. And people have accepted that and they live in that. Um, So it's important to understand that. It's important to understand that not everyone, but some people are going to be in that state. Some kids that you're going to work with are going to have the identity of trauma. It's going to be that overwhelming. It's going to be that invasive. Um, And so it's important to know that. It's important to understand that. Again, it's not a guarantee. It's not always going to be like that. But it has potential to. Um, And multiple doctors have said that, um, which I just talked about. So again, really important that y'all listen to that. Um, Again, he did mention, he does talk a a lot about about the bodily functions that are linked to trauma and how that affects um, the whole body or how it's potential to manifest in the body. Um, So I think those are really important, but I'm going to cut this off right here and finish up for this episode itself. And then we're going to talk, all of episode three is going to be focused on um, how trauma may manifest itself in the body. And that's where we're going to talk about the bodily responses, um, the neurological systems, the sympathetic nervous systems, the ventrovagus systems I'm actually going to talk about, as well as the digestive system, which the last two are kind of surprising. You'd be surprised, but those actually are um, found to be linked pretty um, strongly to trauma. So we're going to view some of those symptoms and really dive deep into what are some possible links and relationships to bodily responses. So yeah, just to recap, again, this episode's all about what is trauma slash how to view trauma. We're really, this episode's um, and this series is really going to focus on the fact that trauma is a very holistic um, thing. It's usually complex. It has the potential to be an identity and be so overwhelming that that's how the that's the form it takes and we're also going to look at it from a salatogenic lens not a pathogenic lens which again means that we're going to look at how all the systems are functioning together how we can come at it from a more of a holistic response instead of focusing on 
um, behaviors here and there and um, not demonizing, but kind of, you know, making it kind of an ugly thing, which, of course, trauma is never good. But what I mean by that is that the people who have trauma are not themselves the problem and they're the things that they do or experience are not these evil things. It is expected and it is predictable based off of what we know um, about trauma. So yeah, I'm going to stop there before I blab around too much. Thank you for listening to the second episode, and I hope you move on to episode three. Thanks.